If you're going to self-manage your rental properties, you know I'm a big fan of finding that proper tool to get the job done. Well, we want to tell you about RentReady. RentReady is a really awesome property management software that allows you to manage your business from your computer or phone. Collect rent online and get paid. Find that perfect tenant with their screening and listing services and get your leases signed with the click of a button. And tenants really love using RentReady's app too. They can pay rent using card, ACH, or cash, set up auto pay, get renter's insurance if you require it, and even build their credit score through RentReady's new credit reporting feature. Did we also mention that RentReady is unlimited and all of this is flat priced? No tricks or hidden fees. RentReady is designed for people to manage their own properties so you don't have to worry about paying more for building your business. You can start managing and scaling your rental properties without scaling costs. And RentReady has given us an amazing deal to pass on to the REI Mastermind Network. You can get RentReady's annual plan for only $54 at RentReady.com when you use our special code MASTERMIND. That's RentReady.com, R-E-N-T-R-E-D-I.com with code MASTERMIND, M-A-S-T-E-R. M-I-N-D at RentReady.com to get RentReady's annual plan for only $54. We're rolling. Welcome to the House Dudes Podcast, where we invite you to follow us on our journey towards financial freedom using the power of real estate. I'm Jack Haas. And I'm Josh Koth. Here at House Dudes, we believe in a couple key principles. Number one, the best way to retain information is by teaching it to others. And number two, a rising tide lifts all boats. We're not competitors, we're a community. So let's get into some real estate investing. Well, it has been a long time, Mark, but Mark Delfini is on the call with us, the landlord coach, and great to chat with you, catch up with you. And and what, just for people who haven't, I think you were on episode 82 or something. So it's been <laughs> almost a year, it's been over a year. Yeah. What, uh, what you been up to? Nothing, man. Just, you know, sitting back, hiding in a, in a cave, you know, holding my breath like the rest of the world right now, learning to breathe through my ears. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It's been, it's been an interesting time, to say the least. So, uh, since we last talk, I talked, I know that you uh, released and updated your, your book, uh, and uh-huh. it was called The Time Wealthy Investor, and now you have The Time Wealth, Wealthy Investor 2.0. Yes. Um, Let's let's start there because I know that uh, people probably are going to want to take a look at this book because what I think was great that we talked about last time is that I think a lot of people struggle with the concept of you know we get into this real estate investing um, for our to to recapture some of that time and in the process. We lose track of that somehow, and now we're knee deep in projects and rehabs and everything. In fact, it it almost seems like we've just kind of created ourselves yet another job. So, right. let's let's right. start with your book. What what's changed? I know there was a 1.0, and now there's a 2.0. So there's <laughs> been some updates. So there must have been some life experiences. I have a feeling we're going to have a lot to talk about here today. <laughs> well, the the original. Thanks for first of all. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I, I, and for for those uh, out there who have read the book, I'd love to hear what your thoughts are on it. I've gotten some really good feedback. Um, it, it, I mean, this book. I just uh, let me tell you first what it's not. It's not a book on how to buy real estate. That is not what this is about. This is about 
you know, once you get the property, you know, whatever acquisition strategy that you decide to use, whether you buy them wholesale, you buy them a tax sale, at, you know, foreclosures, you buy them subject to whatever, there's a whole host of ways to buy properties, right? Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> the point is, um, you know, when you get the property, then what? Because most of the time people say, yeah, I want to get into rentals. And they're so focused on the acquisition that they never think about the disposition. They never think about the backside of it. <clears throat> and that's where things generally tend to go sideways. So the original version, um, if you did not read it and you want to read the 2.0 version, um, you can skip the original version. This is just an upgraded, um, more in alignment with actually how I teach and how I coach. And that's using the, the VIP method, the vision infrastructure process method. And we can go into that if you like. Yeah, and, and that'd, be, that'd that. be awesome. You know, I, you know, it, it just spurs the whole concept that, I, you know, we get caught, caught in working in the business instead of on the business. And based on your acronym there, I'm guessing it kind of re does that, refocuses people and make sure that we have those type of processes <laughs> in place. Yeah, it's what really, um, you know, to more to your point is we, we find ourselves getting into this horrible job that we created for ourselves when we're trying, we're, we, we create the very thing that we're trying to get away from, right? Mm -hmm. and a horrible boss. And you end up working for a much worse boss. And that boss is you, right? Yeah. Because you, you never allow yourself time off. You never allow yourself to, to, uh, to not think about work and, and, and not do all the individual tasks. And, um, I think that's, I mean, that's a trap that, that I got into when I, back when I started at zero units and I built up this Frankenstein of 92 rental units through this hodgepodge of creative financing and wheeling and dealing. And I got 92 rental units, which is just about $6 million worth of real estate. And by all means, by all measures from, from the outside, people were looking at me saying, man, this guy's crushing it. You know, he's probably, you know, back of the napkin, I was bringing in about $65,000 a month but my life was the definition of awful. <laughs> and mm. um, all I had done <clears throat> just little by little, because I wasn't intentional about it, I wasn't intentional about setting up a business. What I had done was created all these little jobs for myself. And, you know, whether it was bookkeeping or accounting or opening the mail, you know, collections, uh, doing the maintenance, answering the phone, all these little individual tasks that just added up over time. And, you know, I ended up working 16, 18, sometimes 20 hours a day and it was just absolutely unsustainable. So where did you, was there a turning point in, in your life where you just like, man, I gotta, I gotta change this. Like, it seems like we as people, right. We, we always um, react to pain instead of <laughs> trying to run towards pleasure. I mean, what, what, I'm guessing that there was a pain point at, at one point where there was a turning point that uh, caused you to revisit this. Yeah, I had, my life had a Jerry Maguire moment. Um, <laughs> man, that's an old movie. I don't know if I can make that reference anymore. Oh, I think um, so. We're, we're, at least I'm but, old enough to know what you're talking about. Right. Yeah. But uh, well, maybe if I say Hindenburg, my life had a Hindenburg, like basically the Hindenburg was crashing into the Titanic. So I think maybe those are two relevant events in history that people would know mm -hmm. at least one of those two. But um, so my Hindenburg moment was I had, um, again, I was running along. I had 92 rental units. I was working 16 hours a day, give or take. I mean, again, doing all this doing, you know, I mean, just, just from nonsense stuff, from not just 
Um, I mean, important stuff like maintenance and, and doing showings, but I mean, my phone was relentless. It just rang. I mean, and really even that at that point in time, messaging wasn't that popular, but, um, you know, between emails and, and messenger pings and all this other stuff that was going on on my phone. Um, and then, uh, the housing crisis, which really, I don't really consider it a housing crisis. It was really more of a labor market issue. Uh, the labor market fell apart in 2008 and my $65,000 a month went to $30,000 a month. And, you know, I had leveraged all these things pretty fully and, um, my, my life went into a tailspin pretty quickly. Um, so just trying to keep the ship afloat, I had, I started working more, you know, again, I was kind of stuck on stupid because I wasn't really thinking about, you know, working smarter. I was just, Hey, this task needs to be done. Let me go run and do that task. Mm -hmm. So, um, I just worked harder. I worked more and I ended up working, you know, 16, 18, 20 hours a day. Sometimes I would work 24, you know, 30 hours at a stretch, you know, grabbing naps in the lowest parking lot or, you know, wherever I could. And, uh, and it, it caught up with me and it caught up with me in a really, really bad way. And I got a cold, of course, cause that's what happens when your body gets run down. And, mm-hmm. um, before I had even realized it, I actually had developed double pneumonia and, um, I got to the hospital and I, I nearly died in the hospital. It was, that, that was pretty much the bottom for me mm-hmm. when I'm laying there, I'm mouthing for air on this gurney and I'm thinking, man, I, I literally almost worked myself to death and things had to change and things got, you know, things got very real at that point. And, uh, that was kind of the beginning of the, you know, that was the beginning of the beginning, I guess, you know, the, um, for me, cause it was, wasn't long after that, that I lost about two thirds of my rental portfolio that I had built up in the previous 10 years. So, you know, I was, I was able to turn a $6 million portfolio into about a million five. Um, I don't know that there's a course that anybody would actually buy uh, for something like that because I became an expert at losing money. But um, I went through all that. And um, when I rebuilt, you know, I rebuilt, I was intentional about building a business that wasn't going to take me, you know, where I had to work 20 hours a day, but that removed me from all the individual line items and individual tasks that I had. So <clears throat> that's where I came up. I didn't, I didn't call it that at, at first. It was just kind of, I looked at what I did after the fact, but that's really where I started the, the VIP method, which is vision infrastructure and process. Sure. So like, where did you start then? I, I, the, you know, this is kind of, I think we're, we're talking about this at the right time because I mean, <clears throat> we're, we're kind of in uh with the whole COVID-19 and, and everything going on right now, we're kind of in a weird economic situation. I think there's going to be some people who are finding themselves in a similar, similar boat. Like if, if they're facing something like you just went through, where would you say that they, they should probably possibly start? Like what, what uh, tactics or. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so that's a great question. And um, I, I believe that the strength of what I teach and what I write about is because it's different. 
there's a lot of really good information out there about landlording tactics. I mean, and some, there's some really good stuff being taught out there. But here's the problem with tactics. Um, I'll use a self-defense analogy for tactics, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not a real big person. I am 5'7", about a buck 50, you know, at, at best, right? So I'm not a real big guy. Right. So if I was going to defend myself, right, against a guy who's 6'7", I'm probably not going to try to do like a shoulder throw or like a hip throw or anything like that. Like that's, I might be, it might be a great tactic, but it's not a great tactic for me. Right. And it may only be in a very specific situation where that tactic would work. Right. Mm-hmm. Because of my skill set and my tolerance for, you know, for risk and, and my strength and, you know, and, and even leverage and even in the situation, right. It's not right. going to work in every situation. So that's the problem with tactics is tactics. <clears throat> there's very few tactics that are, where it's kind of one size fits all. And that's why I, I kind of flip that over and say, that's why the vision infrastructure process method is so important because it really starts with where are you trying to go? Mm-hmm. Like, what are you trying to accomplish? Right? So the vision, the VIP method, you know, starts with vision. Vision is really about what is it you're trying to accomplish? What are you trying to get to? What are you trying to do? Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I have that question and I ask that in the context of someone asking me about real estate, invariably, you know, the answer will like, well, I want to be financially free, which means nothing. Um, you know, I want to be, you know, um, I want to go do stuff, you know, I want to go on vacation again, not real super specific. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, they're giving me these, these, these Miss America type answers, you know, right. I want peace on earth. I want like, no, like, or, or even worse, they'll say, well, I want 50 rental units. Okay. And it really irony, the irony there is it's always seems to be in increments of 25. Like, I don't know why that is, but it's like mm. 50, 75, hundred rental units. Like that's what they want. And, and I, you will usually come back with my universally snarky retort. Um, 99 wouldn't get you where you want to go, you know? And of course, well, yeah, 99 could probably work. Well, okay. 97 wouldn't, you know? I mean, 97 is, mm. I think it's a prime number. I mean, we, we could, you know, right. So we'll go with that. And I, and, and what they realize after a while, some usually is that they're confusing the number of rental units with the life output that they think that they think that that will buy them. Mm-hmm. Right. So <clears throat> when they're, when they finally realize that it's not about the number of rental units and it's, it's really more about, I mean, realistically, what level of life output are you looking for now? You know, I mean, really, what is, what is it that you really want? I mean, what are you really willing to get up on a rainy Sunday at 3 AM for, because it's that important to you, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, and, and this isn't your why this is your vision. This is something specifically like our kids are our why. I'm like, you might get out of bed for your kids. Cause it, cause it's, it's your duty as a parent. Right. But I'm not right. talking about duty. I'm talking about what you really, 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 really want. Now, maybe you really, really want to be a parent. And that's something that's really, truly important to you. And you being an engaged parent is really part of your vision. Absolutely. That's part of my vision. Mm-hmm. As my bride and I are raising our two sons to, to be good men, right? That's part mm-hmm. of my vision. So what does that mean? I, you know, I bought a property <clears throat> and I'm not a flip guy. I mean, I will flip properties here and there, but I, but I wanted to buy this property and it was from soup to nuts. This thing needed everything. 
but part of my vision is to raise two good men. Well, I also want them, you know, like one day my, my son, we were changing the battery out on the, the lawnmower and I said, go bring me a pair of ice grips and a, uh, an adjustable wrench. And he brings me like a, a screwdriver and a stapler. And I was like, oh God, I'm so failing you as a father right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was like, okay. So I got this flip property and we're down there and we're sanding floors and we're, we're wiring boxes and we're doing stuff that, you know, I remember, and, and I'm saying, you know, hand me the lineman flyers and I get all sorts of uh, the various assortment of flyers. Right? right. And I said, no, those are the lineman flyers. Like that's the stuff I enjoy. I enjoy working with my hands. I enjoy doing that, but I don't, I enjoy it because it's not a job, but I right. enjoy it because it's part of my vision, <clears throat> you know, for my sons and I, but once we flip this property, I'm probably not going to do another flip for a while. Right. Mm -hmm. if, if ever, like I just, it's not part of my vision, but I do enjoy that with them. Okay. So it's that, that particular thing is not about making money. It's about, because it's part of my vision. Now we'll probably make a little bit, but I've held this property for so long. It definitely was not ideal to flip the property as long as I've been holding it. But you know, it, it's just, it, especially with the COVID thing, you know, I didn't want them out and that sort of thing. But right. um, so, so to answer the question is, you know, when, when people are, are, are going through what they're going through right now, I, I really challenge them to implore about what it is they're trying to accomplish. If they're trying to leave their job, that's fine. But what do you, don't just, don't just make it a list of don'ts, make it a list of what you do want, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's, it's, I often say, well, <clears throat> having a list of things that you don't want is like going to a grocery store with a, with a list of all the things that you don't want to buy. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's like, so you go to the store with you know, a list of bread, milk, and eggs, cause that's what you don't want. And guess what you're going to see when you go to the grocery store, you're going to see bread, milk, and eggs everywhere. Right. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so so what I would say is focus specifically on your vision about specifically what it is that you do want, you know, make it a specific revenue goal, you know, $12,214 a month. Okay. That's great. That will get you to a preliminary vision of what it's going to, you know, take you to not work at a, you know, be employed at a job. And now you are self-sustaining in your real estate investments, you know, something along those lines. And then, what is it that you do want to do with this, this free time? Not just, you know, you need to be specific. Otherwise, you know, you know, un, uh, unaccounted for unallotted free time, purposeless free time is not going to be, that's equally as bad, mm -hmm. right? Cause then you're going to find maybe not so good things to fill in your time. Right. right. So <clears throat> that's why, um, you know, it's, it's really, really important to have a, a real clear vision of what is you're trying to accomplish, what your life output wants to look like before you, uh, before you ever get to that point. Sure. So, you know, that, that, that was, you just reminded me of an activity when I first started doing this whole real estate thing. You know, I always found it strange, like you said, and maybe it's just the way I'm wired, the, that people would uh, pick a, I, it seemed like an arbitrary, just a random number of how many units that they need. What I did was I looked at my outgoing expenses and then anytime I acquired a rental property, I would subtract that cash flow for that specific property from that, from that tally so I could see how I was possibly chipping away from my monthly obligations. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah, I love that. So it was just a way for me, to, it, it, for me that just made more sense because some properties are home run and they just simply cash flow better than others. So to just have a, I need 50 units. Um, 
I, I just, I guess I, I never took that type of approach. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, more to that point, I mean, you're, you're spot on there. Um, I think that people often forget that when you're taking on an additional unit, you know, or five or 10 or whatever you're buying, right? Not just how much additional cash flow are you making, but how much additional freedom are you getting? Right. Because what, what I've noticed, and, and I started teaching this because honestly, I, I realized that I had done it wrong for years and I didn't realize that other people are still doing it wrong, um, is that underwriting their properties. Mm-hmm. And what I realized was, <clears throat> you know, as I'm coaching people, I would say, well, you know, um, who's, you know, who's doing the, the leasing or showing of the property? And like, oh, that's us. I'm like, why are you doing that? Like, that's not an activity you enjoy. You know, like you have to spend your weekends doing it well. You know, I don't know how to, we, we don't have enough money coming in to do that. Okay. So you didn't, you didn't budget it on a line item when you bought that property. So, okay, well, who does the maintenance? Well, we do the maintenance. Who does the, you know, collections? Well, we do it, right? We're doing the management. We're doing everything. So then I realized that for every line item that you don't budget for, that's a job that you create for yourself, Mm -hmm. right? So if you don't budget for leasing expense, like lease up, right? Meaning, you know, you get the property rented. Guess what? You created a job for yourself. Now, Mm -hmm. what would that take? to get someone else. So we'll, we'll talk, I'll give you a specific tactic, right? Doesn't, doesn't necessarily one size fits all, but let's say that you budget for someone else to lease the property for you. Mm-hmm. Some property managers will do just lease up, right? Where it may cost anywhere from 50% to a full month's rent, right? So mm-hmm. if you budget for that and you buy the property, right, it, it could work, right? And that's right. not a problem. Um, or let's say for argument's sake that you have a new realtor who's trained in fair housing, right? Mm -hmm. Someone who knows fair housing laws, you know, would it make sense for them to spend a day showing the property where they might make 500 bucks? Yeah. I mean, I think for many realtors who are on commission and right now just getting listings is really tough because there's so there's, there's such a low inventory on the market right now. Um, it's, it's just tricky. So for someone who's trying to pay their bills, right? An extra 500 bucks, would make a big difference. Right. So there's obviously things like that, that you can put in place to have someone else do the lease up. But if, again, if you don't budget for that as a line item, you created that job for yourself. Right. right? Now you might say, well, 500 bucks, man, that's a lot of money. I mean, I wouldn't mind doing that. I do that job for 500 bucks. Okay. That's fine. Amortize how much time that is taking for you to make that 500 bucks. And when you do, and you realize that you're taking, um, you know, an entire weekend to do it, you know, 500 times 50 hours or however long you're spending, you know, if it's taking you a full week of actual activity related to that lease up, now you're making 10 bucks an hour. Mm-hmm. I hope to God that you didn't get into the, to real estate to just make a job that pays you only 10 bucks an hour. Right. right. So right. that's why I say <clears throat> learn to value your free time. Cause if you don't place a value on your free time, someone else will. Right. This will end part one of my chat with landlord coach Mark Dolfini. Tune in next week where we finish our conversation talking about how to choose your property manager and team members and being in the proper mindset. See you next time. We've put a lot of effort into providing useful content, and if you found value in the show and have any interest in supporting us with a small donation, head over to patreon.com slash housedudes. 
And if you have any thoughts or questions, shoot us an email at info at housedudes.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at House Dudes. And if you like what you're hearing, head over to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It really helps other investors out there find the show. And remember, massive positive impact requires massive positive action. We'll see you next time. This episode is brought to you by housedudes.com. Do you have time to actively manage flipping and rentals yourself? If so, go for it. If you live in a market that won't cash flow or don't have the time to do all the work, are you just out of luck? If there was a way to participate more passively, would that appeal to you? I'm sure you have questions about how the process works and what to do next. If that's the case, fill out the form on housedudes.com investors, and we'll reach out to see if you are a good fit for our business. This is first come, first serve, and we will have to stop taking applications when our goals are met. See you at housedudes.com investors. tell a man what to do with his money, but if you ain't investing in property, then you're dumber than a dummy. I'm not dumb. I'm smart. Well, buy property. That's my advice. <laughs>